Welcome to the Life Boss Podcast. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Karen Mieses here, your business strategist and productivity expert, calling BS on the lies keeping us stuck. I share with you the top tips and tricks to hug your body, soul, and mind so that you squash all the overwhelm, stop glorifying stress, and design a business that brings you joy. If you are ready to show up and work smarter, I want to show you how to become unstoppable. Let's dive in. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a writer, an author, a poet, and a woman that has transformed her life after so many heartaches that you are just going to love her story and it's going to give you so much strength to accept the struggle and to accept who you are with the God, the radiant, the ugly and the dark. <laughs> Because it's all part of being human. And this um, show is all about calling BS on the lies that keep us stuck. And we're going to dig deep into what really is authenticity. Is it just a buzzword that we keep uh, nowadays? We are seeing and reading everywhere. But what does that really mean? Taking full responsibility, radical responsibility of who we are. And, and living apologetical is not just what people want to hear. Being apologetic is people knowing that we are not perfect and that we raise the bar to be a better human every single day. So we have, who's this guest? Who's this guest? Our guest today is uh, Mary Hodder. Am I saying it right, Mary? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. <laughs> And a short bio because her life is so impressive that that's why she started writing. And now she has a book that you have to get by the end of this episode. She, she is this also writer and poet. And, and last year she published a memoir, her first book, first book, telling a story of this young woman that gave up a child for adoption. That one decision changed her and the direction of her life, as you can imagine. And she kept what happened a secret for 30 years, taking on shame, regret, sadness, and loneliness, because she didn't reveal the truth. And this is something that is very stigmatized. So her book is called An Unnatural Choice. And in promoting this book, she's this boss woman <laughs> bringing her voice. And there's nobody that I uh, can give the stage and this platform to talk about self-acceptance and living unapologetical than to Mary. So Mary, how did you get here? <laughs> well, you know, it's... Um I had carried that book silently for a long time. Uh, I wanted to write it. I had many, uh, I had many pieces of it written. Um, and when it was my mother who was always in the background saying to me, you need to write this story. This, this happened to you for a reason and it's your story and you need to, you need to share it with, with others. And, um, and she used to say to me that, you know, I'm not going to live forever. You need to write it. <laughs> And my mother died in 2016 and I hadn't finished the book. I had some of it written, but not all of it. And uh, so it was my husband at the time who said, you know, you need, to, you need to finish it. You need to honor your mother and you need to honor yourself and you need to write the book. And so I took two years out from my career and I focused on the writing to get it to, get it to the finish line. And I remember the day that I had it in a... Uh, manuscripts like finally I was like oh it's I have a book <laughs> and it was such a celebration to think that I had taken this whole experience and put it together in 
uh, a written format that I could read. And it was, it was really a, a great accomplishment and something that I, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to tell the story, but it, it was finding the courage to write it down and, and then to be able to release it into the world. Those two things took uh, a lot out of me to make that happen. So that decision of uh, finally doing it, like uh, thinking about it is one thing, but then actually doing it, what pushed you to say, this is it, this is coming out? Everything that I ever do in my life has to have a why, and writing is the same. And I had a good friend of mine who, because I was resisting writing the story, and she said, well, why do you want to write it? You have to get back to your why. And it was that I don't know if I will ever meet my son. I don't know if you know he'll ever choose to do that. So first and foremost, it was to put together the story of how he came to be. And so that one day, if, if I never meet him, he would have that story. And uh, so that was, you know, a primary reason for, for me to keep going and make it happen. Um, and then also I had enough relationships with other women over time that I knew that my story was their story. And, and we were carrying those stories around in a very hidden and silent way. And I wanted to make sure that I took the opportunity to do it for me and for them, and then to, you know, open up um, those secrets and, and hidden parts of, of, what, of what women so often carry with them. Wow. What do you think was the biggest inner resistance that every time that you sit down, it was like, no, I'm stopping, and then you're sort of procrastinating. <laughs> Have you uh, discovered in this process what was really stopping you? Yeah, I, was, I think there's two things. First of all, as a writer, you're always worried, what are people going to think? You know, will they judge me for, you know, that I'm not that good a writer, that it's, uh, it's too sentimental, it's, uh, it's self-indulgent, why are you writing your memoir? And that was certainly there all the time, you know, as I, as I wrote. And the other thing that would hold me back was um, when you carry a secret for 30 years, you don't know if you can let it go. You don't know if you can share it with the world because it's something that you've protected and I can deal with it. But what if other people say things or want pieces of it now that I don't want um, and that I don't want to change? Like I can handle it, but you know, can, could my family handle it? Could my kids handle it? Things like that. And, you know, that was certainly a, a part of it. So in, the, in that writing process, was it more about when you finally got your flow, like nonstop flow that we get when we finally are getting to the finish, li uh, finish line, was it more important what others are going to say or was it more important the, your story and writing it for you? Uh, I, I have this belief that when you write from, you know, your heart, when it's really, truly what you want to say, it will be very emotional for you. Like it, it will affect you that way. So the writing is, is so tangible in how you feel that, you know, this is good. <laughs> this is, this needs to be said and I'm doing it the right way. I'm being really honest and I'm telling the truth and I would get completely overwhelmed by what I put on the page. And I knew when that occurred that I was telling something that was very meaningful for me and it was going to be meaningful for other people. And I held on to that. Uh, you know, every time I would doubt myself, I would come back and remind myself of that feeling of, you know, how connected I was to the story and how good it felt to write down what I knew would be impactful for others. Yes. And the book, um, An Unnatural Choice, it's so intense. I ha I'm halfway there. <laughs> but at the same time, when I was uh, uh, reading and even the, the, uh, the poem that you have in the beginning, 
it's it's so emotional. It's so emotional, and it gets and, and I don't uh, I don't know Mary personally, and it's so magical when you are putting out there something like that, and you are connecting people that is never you're never ever going to meet. So, did you think about that when you were writing with a poet with my like poetry? How, yeah, like how how people are gonna like feel, or you just went out and pour out how you were feeling instead. I think it's something, some of both. And I know that poetry is, it takes you inside the feeling immediately. You can take people with you. And I wanted them to feel exactly what I was feeling. Um, and I use the poetry in front of each of the chapters as a stage to say, this is where we're going to go. <laughs> this yeah. is what it's going to feel like. This is where I'm going to take you. And it works. There's so many people who have come to me and said that the poetry was a really important experience of the book. Um, most recently, a young woman uh, who's reading the book said to me that, uh, and it was the greatest compliment that I've gotten about my poetry ever. And she said that it reminded her of Maya Angelou. And I'm a huge fan of Maya Angelou. <laughs> uh, so, and I, and I've admired her poetry, you know, forever. And so to have someone say that, that she felt that way, um, that it was a similar experience, I thought, okay, then I really did what I wanted to do, which, you know, when poetry can take you to um, that, you know, that raw place of experience that nothing else can like prose can't do that for you in the same way. Yeah. It's like, it's like listening to a piece of music. Suddenly I was going to say, you know yes. it. <laughs> yes. Yes. When I, uh, uh, some of the poems, I was like, Oh my gosh, somebody needs to make an album <laughs> because I could, I am a dancer and I could feel like the emotion and my body could move to those words. And it was like, it is very, very powerful and as an entrepreneur uh, it got me that the book has its own flow and it's very unique like no I, I read a lot and I've never seen like a poem setting a stage and then a chapter and a poem and a chapter and that was like, wow, this is really different. And then you want to keep going to see, okay, what, what is she going to make up next? <laughs> uh, and then I started skimming through the poems. It was like, oh, so, so, so good. Particularly telling a story that it is so raw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is not a popular story. It is not a popular choice at all. And I was going to... Uh, to ask you, how old were you when you decided to write a book? You know, um, it wasn't too long after I had my son that I gave up for adoption that I started making notes. I'm a big journaler. I write things down. And it actually served me in the end to have all of that because I could go back to things and find because writing a memoir is really difficult. You know, you want to be honest and you want to represent the past as best you can. And it's always, you know, a lens looking back. Um, so I had pieces of it. I always knew I was going to write it you know, early on, very early on. Um, and I've written other stories. I've, I've written all kinds of things, you know, over my life. Um, I think I remember being maybe three or four years old and my dad had made me this little desk in my room. Um, it was in our first house. I remember sitting there with pen and paper like, as a little girl and I you know, couldn't even form the words yet, but I knew holding that pen above that paper that this was home for me. Like this was, this was who I am. I have to put words on the page. And, um, so, you know, the book, I guess in earnest, I started writing it, uh, you know, I was, I'm in my 50s. So that was when I felt as uh, it was the right time in my life to say, I'm going to tell the story because I've got nothing to lose now. I'm, 
I am a woman who's lived through all kinds of things. And, um, and I knew that it, it was the right moment to say, um, this is really who I am. You might see me as, you know, a fairly successful woman who's, you know, creative and interesting, but underneath all of that, there's a reason for who I am. And I wanted to tell that. But, and I think it took being a mature woman um, and maybe finally being at a place in my life where I had, you know, married someone that I truly love. I have all this security. My kids, you know, were older. Um, and I felt confident that I had the love and support around me to, to tell the story and um, use it to inspire other people. To tell, maybe tell it earlier, but tell your story. <laughs> yes. And what do you think? Because uh, through the forward and uh, the description of the book and on your website, there's this need that you have uh, to exp tell other women that are have gone through this that their story matter and and shine a light on that other side of the story. Mm -hmm. Why is that? What calls you? What calls me to do that? I have had the experience of women coming up to me to say, you know, when I've done uh, like book discussions and public readings, they'll come up to me and say, I want to thank you for telling this story. And they have been women who have given up for adoption or someone in their family had, or they had an abortion or they couldn't have a child. And so the, the tangible experience of mother child is as, you know, as I started to tell my story and bring it out into the world, I realized, Oh, there's so many women who have had something similar and, and, and that they walk around with it and wish that they could, I think, find a release or what it is they're feeling, a way to express it. And I know that, you know, I even have had men come to me and say that it gave them understanding of what it means to place a child for adoption. And underneath all of that is this really important um, need for the birth mother story to be visible. Because if you think about adoption, you think about the happy parents or the happy, you know, parent and the child. And there's this glowing, wonderful, sort of Instagrammable moment of, of joy. And the birth mother is, you know, that's not the pretty part of the story. It's not the, the, the one that you want to hear. Um, But then if you came all the way forward in all of those lives, the, the lives of the parent, the lives of the child, and the lives of the birth mother, you would most likely find that that triangle of experience is far more complicated, that there's regret and, and that child maybe went through really difficult things. Like I know that the son I gave up for adoption had a really difficult time as a teenager. And his parents had a really difficult time with him and, and, you know, they, they, you know, they struggled through that whole, uh, sort of, I don't know who I am. <laughs> and so my intention is to put a light on the birth mother experience and then also to put a light on what adoption really is. There's a, a blog that I follow called Adoption Stories. And it's by far about the struggle of identity of children who are placed for adoption. And that's the reason I called my book An Unnatural Choice is because it's not natural to give up your child. And it's not natural for a child to, you know, grow up and, and realize that although I'm, they may be in a very loving family and a lot of good things, there's always something missing. And I think that it's the something missing when you give up a child and, and, and go through this adoption experience that doesn't get talked about. And for me, 
that's hugely important for for myself and for you know the countless women who are out there uh, trying to understand their own emotions and feelings around having given up a child or having a child that they don't know how to cope with what they're going through because of their you know you know you can't give them back their their the parents who birthed them yes. so that and you said a word that is very important is release, like giving that space mm-hmm. of the release. And when we are as humans in shame, because we did something that reflects the lesser version of ourselves, it is very important to forgive ourselves. It, it is very important to forgive the other person, even if we do not understand why they made the choice. Because if we stay attached to that decision and we don't forgive, then we carry that burden. And I uh, and I see that this story, even though that it could be like, oh my God, the, the women that I hate to love. <laughs> <laughs> and because again, it is not a popular choice. It is not a... Uh, the highlight, real. It is the contrary. It is like a real, real, raw story. And the human that goes through that choice, it's going through a lot. Mm-hmm. And needs forgiveness and self-forgiveness because in that silence, we do not release that. And then it's like a whole, like the world on our shoulders and, and many things can trigger. Uh, how, how was your life when you were hiding all this? <laughs> I can tell you that I, you know, I didn't have any counseling. I didn't have anyone that I could talk to. So there was a lot of, you know, get up and go on. I think I was a really strong person that way that I could get up and go on. But, you know, it finds you, you know, that feeling will find you in, you know, in the middle of the night or it finds you in the middle of your day somewhere that you don't expect it. Um, and it, it's very, it, it feels like you can't breathe <laughs> because there's that realization and it's, it's as simple as this. It's the realization that who was I to give up a child? What, what kind of person am I? You know, am I? Am I a horrible human being? And I took on what I believed everybody would think of me because of doing that. I took on the judgment you know, of my small town. I took on the judgment of, of of women and people in general, I, I would I would hear their voice in my head, like this is what they would say about me that I'm a terrible person. And there's also the feeling of I don't deserve to be happy. You know, if if I could do that, if I could give up a human being of my own flesh and blood, then I don't deserve to be happy. So I could hide in my corner where I knew what happened and say okay, I accept it. Um, I, 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 don't, I didn't know what happiness really looked like. And, and it, I think it took me, um, you know, I, I'm, when I met my husband it, it, you know, a few years ago, like we've only been married three and a half years, we, uh, we've both been through difficult things in, in our lives. And, you know, but when we came together, we had some struggle around, you know, and I think it was trust. Like, can I trust you with, with who I am? And can, could he trust me with who he is? And, and I think part of what came out of that was this amazing love story that I realized, oh, like, finally, I could see that someone could love me and understand me. And, everything that I had experienced in my life, all the people I pushed away and all the, the choices I've made around, you know, not being happy was finally um, this, this amazing gift came to me. And when I wrote the book, when I put everything down in the book, 
one of the things that I felt happened was I put it all in this place. I took it out of my body. I took it out of my soul and I put it in this place where it could serve other people. And it wasn't just uh, this lonely, you know, sort of tale of me um, trying to get over and, and, and live with myself. And I think being, being in a loving relationship was what allowed me to, to finally say, yeah, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it down on the page. I'm going to write it and, um, and I'm going to walk out in the world and I'm going to share it with other people so that, um, you know, it's, it does something good and, and, and I feel good for that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, um, goosebumps as you were saying that because I couldn't even imagine that waiting so long to finally be able to tell the person that is living with you that you are sharing your your, your life with uh it's like wow <laughs> and I uh I haven't gone through that experience I cannot I couldn't even imagine what it's like but what I got from the passages that I've read is if this woman had the courage and the self-compassion to embrace all this sign and not only that, turn it around to help others. Who am I (laughs) to not accept myself and giving me these pity parties (laughs) for no reason? So like it puts uh, like for me it put like the 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 things in perspective, okay. and more since uh, we have our discovery session and we talked and then you sent me the book and I'm like who's this woman? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like her when I grow up, <laughs> <laughs> and it's that sense of courage because also as particularly with women we are raised indoctrinated by culture that we he, we have to look certain part and as soon as something is a letter of line we start playing a movie in our head that we are not good enough mm-hmm. yeah i think when my book was released it was kind of in the middle of the me too movement at that whole beginning and there was a lot of interest in the book as a story of a mature woman telling what happened to her as a young woman um, with the understanding that this, this is why we hide. This is why we keep our secrets because we don't want the world to see us uh, as, you know, as being a failure or as, you know, you've done the, you've made mistakes. We, as women, we couldn't afford to make mistakes. We're supposed to be in, impeccable in everything we do because we're always competing for place. And we, we've, um, you know, but the struggle is very real. I, I was a teenager in the 70s when you know, I first discovered Gloria Steinem and I'm like, oh my God, she's so amazing. And I hung on to her. I hung on to who she was and, 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 and to this day what she's doing in the world as, um, as a as a as my own female version of hopefulness that that we can be honest that we can say who we are and not be dismissed and not you know lose opportunities that it's and it's it's those very things that we experience and struggle that gives us our character and strength and our ability to handle things you know, I, my father said to me that I was the strong one in our family. He said, you've handled what no one else could. And that stayed with me because, you know, I didn't always feel strong. I felt, I felt really weak and I felt really bad for what had happened. But, you know, in retrospect, I see that you know, I, I think I was pretty strong. I think I was very resilient. I think that not having had counseling and not having had support, it was a lot to carry. And it was enormous to, um, you know, wake up 
in the middle of the night in a panic attack and thinking, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to keep going. Um, it would have been easy to pull the covers over my head and, and disappear. <laughs> Uh, I talk a little bit about that in the book, about the need for my mother, like to go home and say to my mother, like, I need you. Um, but I was worried too that my mother would reject me for what I had done. And in the end, that didn't turn out that way. But as a young woman, that is how I felt. And I had very few role models to say, it's okay what happened to you. And that one day, you're going to be okay because of it. You're going to actually, it's going to be really good for you that you can help others because of what, because of what I went through. Yeah. And it's not that, okay, oh, well, we got a free ride and we can do whatever we want. It's, I, I think it's about making amends and take the second chances. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, my daughter is, she's just turned 26 and, she has said to me in the last couple of years, Mom, I'm so proud of who you are. Like, you know, she said I'm her inspiration as, as a young woman. And she said, you will inspire other young women because she said, we're all struggling with, <laughs> you know, how to be young millennials and be successful. And, you know, they need strong women role models still, maybe even more so today because, you know, there's so many more choices. There's so many more influences. Um, you know, you're, you're, you can be made or broken in a few minutes in, in social media. Yes. And um, so they're looking for voices that, and, and examples, role models that say, it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail and it's okay to mess up you will get another chance and maybe you'll get many chances because every time you go through something that uh, impacts you or hurts you, it it positions you for what you can do next and what you, what, and what you overcome is um, they're great lessons. <laughs> Amazing lessons. <laughs> Yes, and and also what what I see with the younger uh, generations is that there's so much information. Like you said, there are so many choices, and what they what are they are exposed to is the highlight reel. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. is what they are exposed to, and uh, it is important to shed a light into. There's going to be flaws. There's going to be failures. We are going to trip. It could be big. It could be small, but it's part of the human experience so that we can evolve into a better uh, version of ourselves. Some, like you, had this uh, very traumatic experience. Others uh, have less. We get what we can deal with. I totally understand mm -hmm. that, that we get that challenge that we can deal. But I know that because my challenge may not be as huge, maybe book-worthy writing, Netflix series type of deal, <laughs> it doesn't mean that it's mine and that it waits a lot for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I commend you for bringing that story and sharing the light because I believe that this book does not only inspire people that are going through that traumatic thing, but also for every woman that is doubting herself, like putting things in perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And I love that. So based on what you know now, what do you wish you have known way sooner? What do I wish I would have known? It would that have made your life easier if you knew this <laughs> thing sooner. That I would discover so many incredible women who have their own unique stories and that whenever I have the privilege of hearing them, that it's, it's like life multiplies in good ways <laughs> over and over again. That it's, and that so many women were with me. Uh, you know, when I look back to the 1980s and this was happening to me and it was a very, 
um, you know, you couldn't get an abortion easily. Uh, it was still debated. Uh, I mean, even now, <laughs> there's debate on abortion. You um, and women, you know, you couldn't get birth control easily. I remember doctors telling me, are you sure you want to, to do this? <laughs> and so there was a lot of a lot of challenges. And when I talk about that, I, I was in a book club with a group of women uh, back in the fall. And they all said, like, I totally get it. Like, I totally get what you were saying because I went through that. I had uh, people tell me that I was a bad girl, that I was, you know, that, that I was loose and and all these things you know that that sort of society said and and you know maybe even our mothers said to us to, in hopes that you know we wouldn't get pregnant but they all shared that understanding immediately that that we have gone through this and you know we survived it and now we can look back and say that we're kind of grateful for all that happened like i am not a person who would ever say I regret something. I don't believe in that. I think everything happens for a reason. And now I have surrounded myself with these women who all say, yeah, I get it. I'm with you. I I know that. And um, it's kind of like this amazing girls club that I found of, (laughs) of women who and they're unstoppable. They're, 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 uh, you know, their success stories have come from not letting what happened to them defeat them, but enabling them to, you know, move up and on and do great things because of it. Ah, I love that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can listen to this woman forever. (laughs) So many lessons right there. So much empowerment. We do not have to do it alone. On uh, Monday, I sent an email uh, to my tribe in in that regards is (laughs) why we insist (laughs) that we need to do everything by ourselves and in the instagram stories that this has been like the topic of the week Uh uh, i share really fast that uh i (laughs) this conversation is coming up when we do not invest in ourselves are we doing it because we really do not have the money or are we not doing it because we do not believe that we are worth it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because it's all. I had, Yeah, because I had this experience with my son. He's 11 and he's having some difficulties in school. And now, long story short, we have to go and take him to tutoring. Uh, in-person tutoring is between $2,000 to $5,000 for the rest of the year. Uh, and I'm like, wow. I cannot do it. I I just can't. I'm not made for it. We have very uh, uh, same personalities, so we clash a lot. And I I'm not gonna do that. It's mm-hmm. my son. I want him to succeed. Testing is in one month and a half. I don't have time to be trying to be figuring this out for myself. So of course we are gonna pay for tutoring. The money's going to appear. He just started. We will figure it out because he's worth it. Mm-hmm. And it came to me, if I need to take a class to learn something faster so that I can be at a higher level, I would be questioning myself, wasting the time, uh, Googling, pinning, YouTubing, <laughs> instead of finding somebody that knows what they are doing so that I can move faster. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you say, yes, you wish you had those women. Find a group that is going to support you in whatever you need to succeed at because the conversation is going to be way different than with people that are not going through the same thing or do not have the same goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I... I big believer in that you find your tribe and you, you, you know, the benefits are, they, they're just there and available when you, when you engage with, with people like that. And if I'd known when I was 22 
that I could become the kind of woman that I am today, I would have been, I would have been so elated by that. And I think that, I mean, I think that's what my daughter has seen in looking at me as her mother is that she's like, mom, I kind of can't believe who you are sometimes. And, you know, I have to remind her now and again, she gets so worried about being successful and and doing all the right things. And I said, it's going to come to you. It's going to come to you. And you're already ahead of, of where I was when I was your age. And that's what I want for her, you know, for my son as well. Like you're, you're already ahead, but don't be afraid, especially don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to take the kinds of risks that, that, uh, you know, you, you might even think at the moment, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But in the end, um, you will say, that was a great experience. And I mean, it's not that I'm saying that having a child and giving him up for adoption was a great experience, but it, it really, uh, if, I, if I were to say to you what I'm grateful for from, from having, having had him, not having an abortion and having had him, is that I have, I have great comfort and even joy in knowing that he's in the world and I made his life possible and that I, that I love him. And I send that love to him on a daily basis because I'm glad he's here and that, and I made that possible. And I think giving life is, um, you know, that's, that's one of the greatest things you can do in the world. And, you know, you're talking about your son and I'm like, oh, I, I totally get that. And you want the best for them. And even as a birth mother, that's how I've always thought about the son I gave up is I want the best for him. And it's, I hope it's true (laughs) that it was the best for him. Yes, yes. And we came here, I believe, uh, on earth for a reason and to learn certain things. And uh, I sometimes tell, and this is the part of the juju in my my (laughs) life, (laughs) but uh, sometimes it's like, oh, I wish I had another mother or because he's getting his very hard headed. (laughs) And he just, he said that to me for the first time, said, you know what? You chose me. (laughs) You came here and you chose me for a reason. (laughs) Yes. Really? And I'm like, yes, you came here, but you were the one that decided to come (laughs) through me. And he's like, oh, that kept him quiet for like a week. (laughs) (laughs) He had to think about that. (laughs) Yeah, to think about that. Yeah, he challenged me every day. But... The other, uh, uh, the other thing that came to mind as, as you were talking about your daughter and how she sees you now, what does it mean to you to be unapologetic, to live unapologetic life? It's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I, um, yeah, because I, I lived so much of my life. Um, worried that people would find out or that they would judge me for it. I mean, I judged myself. And then when I got to the point of saying, I really don't care what people think. I really don't care how you see me um, because what happened to me is, is mine. And it, it makes me better every day what happened to me. And there's great freedom when you don't have to apologize anymore. There's great freedom in being able to stand up in front of, you know, a crowded room of people and say, this is who I am and walk out the door and think I can, I can do anything. (laughs) I can, I, and I, and I am exactly the person that um, I've always wanted to be. And I'm even more, that's what being unapologetic is. It's that, you know, I am more than I thought possible, and I'm hugely blessed to have had the experiences I've had in my life. Like you say, you know, you choose things to come into your life. You're given what you can handle, and you're given what you need. And having had all that, you know, because there were times, you know, when I would look at my family and think, well, how come I have to have all these struggles and their life seems so easy? Like they, 
they're they're all happy and they're married and everything's good and everyone just loves who they are and i'm over here with this really you know horrible story that i'm harboring and mulling over and waking up over and having panic attacks over and then the moment comes when you realize i didn't want their lives i wanted my life i don't want I, I want what I've got. And what I've got is, it's not better, but it is mine. And what I've gained from it is um, that ability to say, I don't have to apologize for anything. And if you take the time to read my story or you take the time to listen to me, you'll be glad you did. It will make, <laughs> it will make an impact. <laughs> Yes. Oh my gosh. I know you got me teary here because it's that I don't want your life. I don't want, the, I want my life. Oh my gosh. Like you hit me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it is, it is so, so right on the money, like accepting and, and working with what we have in honoring what we have, what we are so that we can open up to what we really came here to do. So based on an unnatural choice, unpopular choice, not a traditional story, have you had bad critics or unpopular criticism? You know what? I can honestly say I have not yet. I'm sure they're out there. But I haven't. I think like on the, the reviews to the book that somebody, no? No, yeah. You know, the only, the only time I could say that I felt something was a little off was um, my husband and I have a place in Maui. And there's a man there that he, he was looking for a book. And I said, oh, you know, my book, I put a copy of my book on the library bookshelf at our, uh, at our resort. And I said to him, oh, that's my book if you want to read it. And he read it. And he very generously read it. And I said to him in the end, like, what did you think? And he said, well, I really loved your poetry. <laughs> so I thought, okay, that means maybe the story was a little much for him. But he, uh, you know, he, he kind of gave me a, a glimpse that, mm, yeah, he might not have thought too highly of me as, you know, and in the story sense, but he, he at least was kind enough to say he liked the poetry <laughs> well but if he finished it it means that the story grabbed him yes he did finish for it some, for some yeah. reason so if he was processing still processing <laughs> certain yeah. things that he needed to process yes. you yeah. uh you never know yeah because uh one of the biggest uh, fears that we all have as entrepreneurs as humans as mothers <laughs> is that oh my God, it's going to come a time where everything that I thought they are going to say, they are going to actually say it. <laughs> it's true. And you know what? Um, maybe in a kind of a weird way, what I think is it'd be kind of fun to have that happen because, you know, nothing ignites discussion like disagree <laughs> disagreement. That, yes, that, that's so true. Mm -hmm. So. A few naysayers wouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the controversy on. She is fierce and she is more than ready. So what uh, would be one teaching that our readers, sh I mean, our listeners should be taking in today? What would be like one teaching if we have said it, reassure it. If we haven't said it, this is the time. Because as a so uh, wise woman that you are, you have so much to teach the world. <laughs> <laughs> so what would be like one thing that would be something to reflect on this week? I think the number one thing is that our stories matter, that telling them matters. We, if you don't tell your story, 
it really isn't a story until you know you, you share it with somebody. Um, and we live in a world where relationships matter more than ever. We can be very disconnected. You know, people live looking at their phones. We, you know, we use Facebook and Instagram and whatever else to to think we have relationships when they can be very superficial, um, very very cold, and and you might be aspiring to something. Like you, oh, you know, this person has this perfect life. I wish I had that, or I need to post something that's equally as 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 shiny and pretty and and what people would want. But people really want the truth. They really want to hear the truth. They want the real story. They want the real deal. Um, and when you tell that, it it can only serve to inspire other people. It can only serve to help other people. So I think, you know, that's what I would, would give for the thought of the week is that, and maybe it's, it's become cliche and maybe it's, it's almost trite to say, oh, you should tell your story. But I think it's the truth. And that when, when, uh, and when we do it, when we have the courage to really tell the truth, um, you know, not just say I'm fine, <laughs> but hey, I want to tell you what I'm really feeling. Then you open up connection, and you you give people validation in a way that nothing else can. <sighs> yes. So I'm going to close the show with an experiment for this week. <laughs> so this week the experiment to start calling the BS and take life by the horn would be set aside five minutes, put a timer and write down what do I really want to say or what I really want to say is and free flow for five minutes and do that every single day this week so that you know where are you having those restraints, that resistance and maybe something happened, which have happened to me, that all of a sudden you cannot stop writing. And it's that burning desire of what you really, really want. I am so happy, Mary, that you were here on the show. In the show notes, guys, just swipe up wherever you are listening to this. You're going to see the link to buy the book and to go to Mary's uh, website. If you want her as your speaker on the next event, she will rock the house. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, Rockstar. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. Also, head over to livebosspodcast.com to get access to some free resources to help you with today's experiment. Do you want to be a guest? Email me to the Podcast at gmail.com to learn how.